everything that we get, look around in your life right now, take assessment. <laughs> Do you have what you want? Because if not, that is directly correlated to thoughts. It is directly correlated to your beliefs. So if you're not getting the results, then your beliefs are not where you want them to be either. And the work you have to do is not in finding a new strategy. It's not patching things together with a new strategy, a new, a new book or anything like that. It's actually in upgrading your mindset. And when you're doing that on a consistent basis, up-leveling your mindset, um, increasing your capacity to allow, increasing your awareness of how you think, that is going to create the um, momentum that you need. Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast, a show about creative female entrepreneurs and the businesses they've built. I'm your host, Naomi Mdudu, the Lifestyle Edit founder, business strategist, and coach to creative female founders ready to scale their businesses with intention. Each week, I sit down with a guest to pull back the curtain on the strategies successful entrepreneurs are implementing to scale their income and increase their impact. We are cutting out the fluff to give you weekly insights to uplevel your mindset and tap into your infinite potential to create a life and business you love on your own terms. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's begin. Stephanie Booth, welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. I am so happy that we're doing this. So Stephanie, just before we kind of kick off into all things mindset, can you give people a little bit of background? So who do you serve now? How do you serve them? And how have you come to do the work that you do? Yes. So I serve high-performing female entrepreneurs, helping them up-level their mindset to match the achievements that they envision for their business. Now, that wasn't, that wasn't where I started, obviously. Um, I began in the entrepreneurial field from teaching. <laughs> so I was a former fifth grade teacher and I left my teaching job to become a photographer. I met this cute guy. He started showing me how to use a camera and one thing led to another. We got married, started this business together and began photographing weddings and events. It turned into a very successful, lucrative business. And I was too scared to actually take on a lot of the tasks in the business, which was fine. We all had our part-time things in the background. So I was, I had a part-time job. My husband was working full-time. So I could kind of shrug off some of the tasks in the business that scared me until I lost my part-time job. I started doing the photography business full-time. And I found that the fear, I could no longer avoid it. So in our most successful year, I actually ran our business right into the ground. We had our fullest booking calendar. We had, we were hitting, surpassing our first six-figure year. We were being flown all over the world to photograph weddings and events. We had publicity features on the nation's and world's top blogs and magazines nine out of the 12 months of the year, I had major buzz around our brand. It should have been so effortless to book out the following year. And at the end of the year, I didn't know where my next paycheck was coming from. And I didn't know where our next booking was coming from. I was lost 
I was scared. And I realized that the problem I had wasn't that I didn't know what to do. It's that I was too scared to do it. Mm, Yes. Yeah. So that was a really pivotal point in my life. And that was the, the seed was planted in that really tough season of my life for the business I have now coaching high performing female entrepreneurs. Um, because it was in that time that that initial, um, hard time of realizing, oh my word, I've nearly destroyed our business. Um, that was tough. Yeah. But you can come back from it. You can recover from something like that. But right after that, in a series of a few weeks, I lost a lot. I started the year with a miscarriage. I lost a really lucrative business deal. That was my backup plan for the year. And some friendships. I had a death in the family. There was just a ton of loss packed into the first month of that next year. And it was in that time that I hit my personal rock bottom. And it was in that rock bottom season that as I was asking myself some really big questions, I formed this new business. And I first coached myself out of this really tough time. And then I started doing it for other people. And in that process, I started developing this framework. And I realized that what I had done for myself intuitively was backed by brain science and it worked every time. There are going to be lots of people listening who have had similar experiences where they have been able to get themselves through something or they were doing, they've always dreamt of doing this what they're doing in their full-time jobs on their own. But I think a lot of the time there's this imposter syndrome that comes up, like who am I to do Mm -hmm. that? I've only done it on myself or I've only done it on my friends and family. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have all of, you know, years of experience compared to X. How did you, did that come up for you and how did you navigate it? And what advice would you give to anyone listening who is in the midst of that mental drama, which we'll come into (laughs) and that's stopping them from taking action in that way? Oh my gosh. I love this topic so much. Yes. Imposter syndrome was the face of the fear I was experiencing. I had this deep underlying fear that I was not enough as I was that, that, but the mask of that was imposter syndrome. It was this idea that I would be exposed as a fraud in my business that I would, people would understand that I really wasn't that skilled. I really wasn't worth the amount of money I was charging. I really wasn't that great. And that fear was what I had to face first. So if you are listening to this and you're experiencing imposter syndrome, first of all, I just want to say this is natural and it's a really good sign. So I want to give you a reframe. Imposter syndrome isn't a problem. It's such a positive sign that you are doing something brave. It means you're outside of your comfort zone. And all imposter syndrome is, is a sign that your brain's freaking out a little bit because it can't keep you safe. But you and I both know that you don't want to be safe. You want to be successful. So next time you feel that imposter syndrome crop up, I want you to do two things. Number one, I want you to first just be compassionate to yourself and recognize this is a sign I'm headed in the right direction. My mind is freaking out a little bit. My ego is talking a little bit louder, but you don't need to listen to them. So the second thing I want you to do is I want you to give it space to exist. So be a great time to journal. Why do I feel like an imposter? 
what makes me feel like an imposter? Um, what would happen if somebody exposed me as an imposter? And explore some of these themes and follow it all the way through to the end so your mind has a story around this. Because I think what you'll find is that ultimately, number one, imposter syndrome isn't real. It's your ego speaking up when it feels like you are stepping outside your comfort zone. And number two, I think you'll find that you will survive no matter what happens and you'll thrive. So next time it comes up, you have a few tools to deal with it. And I want you to remember this is so normal and this is such a good sign that you are headed for big things. Thank you for that reframe. I think that's really powerful. And I guess the next question then becomes, how do we distinguish between the mental drama and the ego and, you know, valid points? Because I think Mm -hmm. one of the, the things that I love about my job as a coach, and I'm sure Stephanie, it's the same for you, is that I'm able to reflect some of the language that my clients are saying. They don't even realize that they're slipping into mental drama. They don't, mm-hmm. they, 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 can't, they can't see that. And very much, I think what's been so great about our relationship is that we do that for each other all the time. Yes. Um, but it's like a skill. Like, how are we able to decipher that? Yeah. So, with mental drama, the one thing that I see people doing wrong all the time is they speed past it. When we're encountering mental drama, the thing we actually need to do is slow the heck down. We need to slow down and take a minute to listen to what's happening. We need to listen to the dialogue and we need to ask, where is this coming from? Is this coming from my ego, which is the part of our brains that is the conscious part of our brain that is meant to keep us safe. It's proactively making sure that we are not being eaten alive by a tiger when we go outside during the day. And it's the most, um, it's the part of our brains that while it wants to keep us safe, it's going to, it's, it hasn't upgraded. So it's the part of our minds that hasn't hasn't caught the idea that we no longer need this protection. We're not getting, we're not going out hunting for our food every day. And we're not, um, we're not at risk every time we walk outside. So our brain just is always on the lookout for risk and it's looking to keep us safe. And the only way to get around that is to stop and listen. So what that looks like for me is a lot of journaling And the journaling specifically looks like just writing down the thoughts that are in my mind as they sound in my mind. So letting those live somewhere else and looking at them on the paper, that's the first step. If you are experiencing a lot of mental drama, this kind of back and forth, the what ifs, the what if this doesn't work, the whatever it is, start there. Just start by getting all those concerns out on a piece of paper. Then the next thing that's really important for you to do is to ask yourself what you want. Sometimes this all comes up because there's just a lack of clarity on what you want. What is the highest value for you? What is your goal for the coming season in your life? So reconnecting to that and reconnecting to your purpose. Why are you here? Those things are important to anchor the other side of the conversation. So you have this, the ego driven side of the conversation that brings up all the things that could possibly get in your way, could keep you stuck, could keep you, um, could go wrong. 
all the risks, right? That's the, that's the drama side. If you want to actually have a conversation, like an internal dialogue about it, which is what I do, you have to then get clear on, and I list this out on a piece of paper. What's my purpose? Why am I here on this earth? What do I want? And what's my goal for the next season? So maybe you have 2020 goals. Okay, so what are your 2020 goals? Write those things down. And then you have this gap that you can look at. All these, all the mental drama is over on one side of the page. And then you have all the things you want, which is a reflection of your highest self. All of that is on the other side of the page. Now you can start reframing. What if the risk factors are actually the thing I need in order to get what I want? Am I willing to try? And then you can start really digging into some of the questions that determine whether you're going to hit your goals or not. Yes, I love this. Guys, Stephanie and I were were doing this recently when we started mapping out our 2020. And I just love, (laughs) Stephanie has a really interesting way of approaching vision boards because I think there's been so much said about, you know, creative vision board, you know, law of attraction, you know, post the secret generation type thing. But Stephanie takes it from a really interesting approach. And it's something that I've really lent into. So, and I'm sure Stephanie, you'll go into this in greater detail, but using vision boards as a way of seeing what comes up when you're really honoring what your desires are. So if you were saying that, you know, one of your goals for 2020, for example, is to hit six figures in revenue in your business, and that feels like a big audacious goal, the journey there is in the stuff that comes up when you put that goal down and then you're now like triggered by it, that becomes the work. Yes, exactly. I think this is a huge place where people go wrong with goal setting. They really, they have the truest, best intentions and they're doing everything they know how, but the way goal setting is often advertised, we see it um, talked about and marketed at the, um, at the beginning of a year in particular. The way this is brought up is set your goals of what you want and then work toward those goals over the year. So make this vision board of all the things you want to achieve over the next year. I see people doing vision board trainings all the time and they're talking about like, okay, put all your goals on this vision board. That's not going to work. And I didn't realize this for a few years and I'm making vision boards and I realized that every time I would look at them, I would feel so triggered. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I need to redo some things in how I approach the whole concept of goal setting and vision boards in order to leverage the way my brain naturally works and get results. And so that's what I have created in my, um, in my framework that I walk my clients through. Yeah, it's, it's funny. And I'll, I'll give a p- really personal example just to kind of illustrate what Stephanie's saying. Like I, many of you who follow me on social media know that one of my big goals for next year is to make a million dollars in revenue in our business. And because my mission is to, for me to do it and then to support countless other women to do that so that we break the crazy statistic that only 2% of female owned businesses hit the million dollar mark. I'm a big believer that more money in the hands of conscious women is going to change the world. So 
the moment I put that down on paper, my brain starts to go into overdrive. Like, you've never done it before. How would you do that? Um, and Stephanie and I have been having a lot of these conversations as, you know, we're in the same mastermind. We're constantly coming up with ideas and strategies about how to kind of scale our businesses. It's not even about the strategy. What we've really been leaning into as friends is, yeah, the mindset stuff. Like, what are some of the beliefs that I need to work on in order to make that happen? Because I have all of the strategic information to make that happen. The biggest thing that I've really learned this year is that the only thing that's stopping me from being able to step into these kind of bigger goals financially is this gap. And I see it so much with clients. And I'm sure you see that with the type of clients that you're working with, that it's not always a gap in information. Like there's Google, there's like online courses, there's, there's so much, there's conferences, there's podcasts, there's so much of a wealth of information. It really is about, like you were saying, you know, whether that's journaling, meditation, anything, just having time where you're being really honest with yourself and not judging yourself for what comes up, but just like being really frank. Like if I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I have all the information, why am I not taking action? Yes. If I really want this in my life, why is it triggering me so much? Why am I believing that I'm not worthy of this? Why am I believing that I can't charge those prices, even though my heart is saying that the value is commensurate to the price increase? Like all of that stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, here's an example I like to give that is so clarifying in what I see people doing most with setting their vision for their business. Oftentimes people act in their businesses like when they get an idea of what they want, they set a goal. They then start seeing all the things that could possibly go wrong, but they start operating their business to protect themselves from all those risks, all the Mm. things that could go wrong. It's like ordering an Uber and getting in the Uber and going, and the Uber driver is going, Hey, I noticed you didn't actually put a location in. Where do you want me? Where are we going today? And you say, oh gosh, I don't know. I would say anywhere but the zoo, right? Yeah. You, do you do that? No. <laughs> so why are we running our businesses that way? It's yeah. about getting clear on where you are going and then getting in the car and just driving as if it's already done. When you order the Uber to go to that destination, you don't guess, you don't wonder, am I going to get there? It's already done. When you book a vacation, you don't wonder, am I actually going to take this vacation? You have the tickets. You have the trip planned. You have your reservations at your vacation destination. It's done. Now, the, the key is in how you get there. It's in the waiting. It's on the calendar. You have the tickets. You have the reservations. So acting from that as if place, as if it's already done, okay? That is a huge shift that you can bring into your business. So as you're, if you are in a place where you're taking a step back and you're looking at bigger goals for your business for the coming season of your business, whatever that might be, I would recommend, first of all, um, if you were making a vision board, um, you're going to want my training on how to create a breakthrough board. I'm going to walk you through the brain science of how to actually make a board that's representative of what you actually want in life and is not going to trigger up the scarcity that a vision board does. Then we're going to start 
operating from that as if place, as if it's already done, as if you already have those things that you want. And we're going to take specific, clear action steps from that place. So if you're making these goals, start with that visualization. If I already had these things, if I already had that six-figure year, how would I be operating right now? What buying decisions would I be making? What investments would I be making? What hires would I be making? And list things out and dream a little bit. And then make an action plan. So that's the first step. But so often I do see entrepreneurs operating from that avoidance. Um, and they have an idea of what they want but they're scared of all the things that could go wrong. It's like getting into that Uber and being scared that a red light means you're not gonna get to the destination. What do we know about a red light? It's gonna turn green. At some point in time, you just need to wait for it to turn green. I wanna quickly pause this episode to let you know that our 12 month Thrive Mastermind is officially open. Friends, scaling a business doesn't need to feel overwhelming, nor should it feel like a strain. That's why over the years, I've worked with countless service-based female founders just like you to scale the work they love while increasing their impact and income in a way that allows them to be fully present in their lives. In Thrive, we support you to step into the CEO role of your business. How? By helping you transition out of being the bottleneck by getting crystal clear on the high leverage activities you're uniquely positioned to do while providing you with a framework to automate and delegate the rest. So Thrive is for you if you know you're suffering from analysis paralysis and you're battling with limiting beliefs that you know are holding you back from taking consistent action but are ready to lean in and do the inner work. It is for you if you're overwhelmed with information and done trying to figure out everything on your own and you want support from a mentor who's been there and can help you build a profitable business that actually feels good and expansive to run. Thrive is for you if you're fed up with inconsistency in your income and are ready to consistently attract clients you love working with and want to surround yourself with people who encourage you to up-level, who truly get you and are just as committed to growing as you are. So, doors only open a few times a year and we have limited spots, so head to thelifestyleedit.com to learn more. Resistance coming up on the way to our goals is natural, but it's not a sign that we're not in the right place. Mm. It just means we have to be patient and hold the belief that that thing that we want is on its way to us. I want to stop you there, Stephanie, because I think there are so many things that you said there that I don't want people to miss because I think it's really important. So Mm. I think this whole acting as if, I think very often, again, just the way that manifestation and things like that have been marketed it's like be reckless like put it on the credit card because it's going to come back if you if you think great thoughts and you know act act as if and and that is not what stephanie is saying at all it's for example one of the things that i say to my clients is like how would you show up to that sales conversation if you believed that what you have to offer is going to transform their life if you hopped on that call that sales conversation being feeling like of course the person is going to think that it's going to be an investment because what you've created is worth investing in how are you going to show up differently to if you're like oh I hope they say yes 
oh, you know, it's a, it's a different energy. So acting as if it's not like, okay, I'm going to either be reckless or on the flip side, I'm not going to do anything and everything's going to come because I'm crystal clear on what I want. It's about taking aligned action. It's like, okay, acting as if who, who is the version of myself that has that kind of business? How would they behave? And how can I start practicing those beliefs of my future self today? So I show up as her today. Yes. And I think too, for those who are, who are testing out how to do, how to act as if one of the things that I always recommend for my clients is create a story behind it. So not just that this is not just, let's take it a step further from the example you just gave. You're coming to the sales call. You know the impact that your offer has for this person. You know the investment is commensurate to the impact. This is going to be transformative. Take it one step further. In your mind, visualize. You already have a full roster of clients who are thriving, who are building momentum, who are paying the prices that you are charging. And they are seeing the return in droves. If that's you coming to the call, that energy is not only magnetic, but it is contagious. And for the person who's ready, it's going to be obvious. And that totally shifts the energy. It's It's not about whether or not they're going to pay you money. It's about whether they're buying into the impact at that point. 100% and I spoke about this on social just yesterday like very Mm. often I'm seeing people entrepreneurs that are relying on people saying yes to give them belief no we need to be working on the beliefs ourselves because that's what our clients and our customers buy into yes yes agreed and it's funny like just this whole conversation that we're having about mental drama I think sometimes like a lot of conversation is about like the striving stage. Whereas Mm -hmm. there's, there's like mental drama that even comes up with like allowing. I feel like even in my business this year, a big part of it is being in this mastermind. I've been taking so much action that now it's like the mental drama that comes up. Like, you know, now you've achieved a lot of the things that you wanted to this year. Can you do it again? (laughs) Like, you know, And then it comes like allowing. So this work just never stops. It really doesn't. And I think that in the theme of allowing, the thing that people most sidestep and the biggest opportunity we have is once we clarify the vision that we have for our businesses, there's nothing to to resist. And often, I don't know, I bet you see this as well. I so often see people who are interested in the law of attraction and they understand that the law of attraction is one of a set of universal laws. It doesn't exist in isolation. So the law of attraction only works when it's paired with the law of inspired action or aligned action. So they're starting to get that, but then they freak out when resistance comes up, when, when, um, disbelief shows up and they think, no, 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 no. I can't think about that right now. I need to be focused on attracting in what I want. And so they think that the, the work ahead of them is to resist 
the disbelief that exists in them when in reality they're holding off whatever they actually want to attract into their lives because resistance is a channel. You switch the channel on and that's the channel. So if you're in resistance, you resist everything. You repel. You've flipped the magnet from the attraction side to the repelling side. And go ahead. Yeah, I love that you're saying this because I was getting questions about this just yesterday, like this balance between um, allowing the the resistance to come up and processing it as a way through versus, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that balance between like not staying there. And I did a post yesterday just talking about the fact that I'm really good at failing because I've now been able to detach myself with the results. So I wonder for you, like what, what has your experience been in, you know, when we put ourselves out there, it's not going to be, we're not going to hit it out of the park straight off the back. Like that is part (laughs) of the process of being an entrepreneur. And of course our ego is going to come up, but how do you, what are some of the moments that you've had where things haven't gone to plan and how have you been able to do that work without berating yourself and kind of staying there? Oh, this is such a good question. So I have led myself through like a four-step process. And ultimately, when it comes down to what I have what I have experienced and what my clients have experienced, the key is in understanding that when that resistance comes up, or we can call things failures, when those things come up for us, that's actually a sign that our brain is releasing to us all the disbelief so that we can get rid of it. We're not going to know that we hold disbelief about our own goals until we actually, until our brain knows we're ready to take care of it and let it go once and for all. So one thing I have to say is if this is you and you're going, I have so much like disbelief that comes up. I have all these limiting beliefs that come up around my goals. I want to, I want to first say, that's actually a really good sign. Let's reframe that and say, oh my word, this is a sign that I'm ready to actually deal with this limiting belief and let it go. Um, now, examples for me, this is, this is exactly the work that I did to rebuild this business that I mentioned at the beginning of the, um, at the beginning that I had run into the ground. So I started setting this, setting my goals, my intentions, my vision for my business. And then I started just allowing the limiting beliefs to come up, identifying what they looked like, what they sounded like. Sometimes we don't even know because we think so fast. We're moving so fast. We're doing so much as entrepreneurs that we don't know, but our bodies feel it. So sometimes we don't even understand how to identify our limiting beliefs, but we can feel physical pain. So if you're not at that place where you're able to easily identify your limiting beliefs, I was there, but I started noticing that anytime I felt scared, I started getting pains in the right side of my neck. So then I started noticing, okay, I have pain in the right side of my neck. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to sit for a minute. I'm going to drink some water and take care of my body, of course. But I'm also going to journal for a little bit and ask myself, what am I feeling right now? What emotions am I feeling right now? And what thoughts preceded the emotions? Thoughts always come before our emotions or our feelings. So if you're feeling something, you had a thought first. And chances are you are a high performer. You are like Naomi. You are achieving big things in this world. You have a big vision in this world. 
And chances are you're moving so fast, you might feel something and not understand the thought that happened first. Slow down for a second, take that apart. I did this. So I would journal and I would write down how I felt. I would describe it in my body and the emotions, and I would be as descriptive as possible. So sometimes this looked like, you know, I noticed that I'm bending forward, my neck hurts, my jaw is clenched, my hips are tight. I feel heaviness. I feel like crying. So I would describe this as best I knew how. And then I started putting a name to the emotion. So that was shame. I felt shame. Then I started asking, what's the thought behind the emotion? And the thought I recognized was an imposter syndrome thought. I believe that I'm not that great at what I'm selling and my offer. And that if I am seen, people will realize I'm not that great. So I am carrying shame around my business and my offer. When you start detangling those things, that is part of the law of attraction. It's not avoiding all the bad stuff. It's allowing it to come up. So like holding a balloon, you can just let it go, but you can't let it go if you don't know you're holding the balloon. So once you're aware of what's happening, then you can just start letting things go. When I started doing this process, I had nothing on my books for the following year. And we usually book a year in advance. So I should have had about $100,000 on the books. And I had zero. I started doing this work. And in a matter of four months, I booked $100,000 in revenue. And I was able to then build additional businesses that really related to my core purpose in this world. So I was able to not just rebuild one business, but I was then able to use those transferable skills and build really heart-centered businesses that also became profitable very quickly. Oh, I love that, Steph. That is so powerful. I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I've learned when it comes to like dealing with setbacks or failures is Mm. I get to choose what this means. Yes, that's so good. Like I can choose to shame myself for trying something new and for it not working out as I planned, or I get Mm. to choose to feel insanely proud of myself. And I can do that before I've even done it. (laughs) Exactly. I, you know, we're so good at making things, making events that really have no meaning mean a lot of things about us as humans us and our worth and our individuality and our impact. And if you can do one thing this year, start stripping the meaning away from events in your life. So you have an email from a client who is disgruntled. Say you get that email, that client is unhappy about something. What are you making that mean about you? What are you making that mean about the future of your business? If you're all of a sudden feeling like, oh no, this is a sign I'm, I'm never going to hit my goals because I can't make clients happy and I can't make an impact. I, I did something wrong. I am something wrong. We go down that rabbit hole way too much and it's incredibly disempowering. So start asking yourself, what am I making this mean? What am I making this mean about me as a person? about my business and about my goals. And I think you're going to start unwrapping some some things that allow you to take 100% ownership 100% of the time. 
And as you take that radical responsibility, that complete ownership of your vision and your thoughts and beliefs, you're going to start creating that change that at the end of the year, you're going to be going, oh, wow, I actually accomplished some goals that not only did I not think were possible, but I accomplished them way faster than I thought possible. And I accomplished far more than my goals. That's the kind of results you get by doing this kind of inner work. And the process of growing and the feels good because you're actually clearing the way with all of this work. And I love that you use the term ownership because I feel like when people see ownership responsibility, that in itself can feel really triggering because it's like, oh, I can't blame anything else. Like I'm responsible for my results. And I think that that's actually the most empowering thing. And, you know, just even when we're doing a lot of this work with my clients and I always challenge them and say, okay, if you aren't where you wanted to be at this point in the year, you tell me when you stopped believing that it was possible. I love this question so much. <laughs> this is, that's such a good question, Naomi. And that, that's our jobs, right? To ask questions. Mm-hmm. We all have, our clients always have the answers internally. Our jobs is just to, to be the stimulus for that. And mm-hmm. I think all of us can trace back to the moment where we just stop believing. So as you said, it starts with the thought. We stop believing, so we stop taking action. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then our results reflect that. It always goes beliefs or thoughts, actions, and then results. Everything that we get Look around in your life right now. Take assessment. (laughs) Do you have what you want? Because if not, that is directly correlated to thoughts. It is directly correlated to your beliefs. So if you're not getting the results, then your beliefs are not where you want them to be either. And the work you have to do is not in finding a new strategy. It's not patching things together with a new strategy, a new, a new book or anything like that. It's actually in upgrading your mindset. And when you're doing that on a consistent basis, up-leveling your mindset, um, increasing your capacity to allow, increasing your awareness of how you think, that is going to create the um, momentum that you need. 100%. Oh, Stephanie, I could talk to you about this forever, but I know that you kind of wrapped a lot of these ideas into a proprietary framework. Can you just talk to me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So my framework that I walk my clients through is called the breakthrough method. Everything that we want in our businesses is on the other side of a breakthrough, a breakthrough from limitation into success from safety into success. So we don't need to wait and wonder, when am I going to experience that breakthrough? We can, we can create it. We can be proactive creators of our next breakthrough. And that's what I do with my clients. So the four steps that I walk them through, I'm going to lay these out for you so you can start yourself because this is available to you. I didn't, I didn't, I just encapsulated what already exists in the universe. This isn't new information. And you can start today. So here are the four steps. The step number one is clarify. This is where we're going to lay out your big vision. And you're going to start start making a visual of your life as if you've already accomplished these big goals that you have for yourself. Then in step two, and this 
is where I often see people get distracted or um, get discouraged. Step two is identify. And this is where we're leveraging that vision that we have to dredge up our limiting beliefs because we know now that our brain is only going to release our limiting beliefs to us when we're ready to actually let them go. So this is a good sign. And instead of being scared when we see limiting beliefs come up, we're going to hit the gas and we're going to say, this is awesome. Let's dig in. Now it's, it's really beneficial to have support in this particular process because it's easy to get distracted, feeling like you need to kind of cover up all the little holes and deal with things and you're not staying focused on your vision. So this is where I come in and lend support and help you anchor back down into your vision and reframe the limiting beliefs using brain science. And that's what we get into in steps three and four. In step three, we're rewriting those limiting beliefs. But before we rewrite them, we have to show them who's boss. And that's where we are quieting down the ego mind and we are letting our highest selves navigate by, by saying, that's not actually true. You, you aren't going to, you can absolutely make a hundred thousand dollars. Here's proof. I see four people in my world right now who are not just making a hundred thousand dollars, but they're making a million dollars and they're making it working less time than I put in. I do not need to put in more time in order to make more money. That's a limiting belief and it's not true. So we're going to refute those beliefs. We're going to show them who's boss. And then in the final step, now is step four. This is where we're implementing manifestation techniques. So if you've been trying things like affirmations and um, visualizations and you want to manifest things into your life where, where the things that you want come into your life very easily and magnetically, Oftentimes we, we just start that process way too early. So what happens is we, we decide what we want and then we try to manifest it. Well, there's two steps you're missing here. You need to first identify little things that are going to get in the way of what you want, the beliefs that you're holding that are going to get in the way of what you want. Then you have to tell those beliefs, you're not real. <laughs> this isn't true. I have so much evidence that this isn't true. And then finally, you're going to implement things. You're going to replace those beliefs with the ones you actually want to believe. So if you believe that in order to make that six next six figures in your business, you need to work, put in more hours and you feel burned out thinking about that because you don't have more hours to give, then we're going to identify that's a limiting belief that's not true we see people in our world who who make more money with less time and then we're going to replace that belief so what do you want to believe instead okay so i make i make six figures i make a million a year the more money i make the less i work the less i work the more money i make money comes to me easily and you're going to reframe that belief so that you are on the frequency of money, first of all, and that you are able to start attracting that magnetically because you're not in a place of resistance. You've already allowed the resistance to come up. You've already allowed the disbelief, the limiting beliefs. You've already dealt with that. And now it's time to start replacing that. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's going to feel unnatural at first, but I want you to keep this in mind. The belief you were holding feels natural to you, but it's not true you were initially believing a lie. It's because it's been practiced. Yeah, it's exactly. been practiced. It's been internalized. Exactly. So 
it's the new belief is going to feel like the lie at first, but you've already been believing the lie. So now let's just try on this new belief and see how it feels. And guys, it's, it's not about going from zero to a hundred. Cause I think that's where we can get the disconnect where it's like, you mm-hmm. don't go from saying, from having limiting beliefs about money to being like money's everywhere, money's abundant, but it's exactly. almost about going m- macro and then scaling back. Like what can I believe today? that is not too much of a stretch for me to believe. How can I then create habits around that thing that then gives me more belief because I'm starting to embody that in my actions. And then you're built, you're kind of going up the belief threshold rather than going from zero to a hundred. Um, and then the habits then become the compound interest for the beliefs. The more you're starting to own that next step in that belief threshold, you start to embody it. It gives you more confidence which then allows you to go up to that next scale, that next scale. Oh, this has yeah. been so good, Stephanie. How can everybody um, continue to learn from you and find out more about your breakthrough method? Yes. So I'm very active on Instagram. Um, connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at the Stephanie Booth, B-O-O-T-H. And slide into my DMs and say, hi, tell me that you listened to the episode and that if it was valuable to you, send me a DM and let me know. Um, On Instagram, I have some trainings, my breakthrough board training. That's step one of this four-step process. Um, That's available for free right now. So you can head to my Instagram handle and you can get that free training there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steph. This has been awesome. Thank you. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up.